Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. It is the Sox on Tap postgame show. I am Johnny Nani. I am back from the sticks here. White Sox winner with my guy, Tony on Tap. Tony, how are you doing, my man? Some victory beers flowing? Victory beers are flowing. Crack them. Cheers. Great, great night of White Sox baseball, Johnny. Welcome back. Yes, it is good to be back. Uh, you know, a little uh, uh, disconnected uh, up there in the sticks of Wisconsin. But hey, good to be back. And uh, first show back is a win. So that's um, uh, good luck. Let's keep that rolling throughout this week, man. Uh, White Sox needed this one, Tony. Uh, coming into today's game, obviously, you drop the series opener in Minnesota, and then you get some terrible news today with the Osmani Grandal's injury uh, out four to six weeks. So uh, this felt like a game they absolutely needed, and they were able to get the job done. Yes, they were, Johnny. This was, uh, yeah, Ron's impressed you're still alive. Um, they absolutely did need this one. It was a it was a rough 4th of July weekend, as Buzz and I uh, talked about last night on the show. But uh, I think that uh, this, is, this is just what the doctor ordered. After some rough news, after a, a tough 24 hours uh, recovering uh, after that, that loss yesterday, uh, this, this was a great, great ball game. Yeah, Tony, um, you know, looking at this one, it was kind of weird conditions coming in because uh, we didn't know if we were going to get it in. Rain was uh, in the area throughout the whole night. You saw it coming down at various points and heavier uh, even later in the game. Uh, So we'll get to how that affected uh, this game. But hey, uh, with the White Sox coming away with the winner, that's all that matters here. We had some opportunistic and some ballsy performances tonight. Uh, I I can't wait to discuss these with you. Let's get right into it, man. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, let's talk uh, Carlos Rodon. He was taking the mound tonight. Uh, he ended up going six innings. Uh, he was really solid, got himself out of some big spots. Uh, we'll kind of get to uh, some of these funks that uh, he was in and was able to work himself out of uh, in this one. But eight strikeouts, uh, only one earned run. Uh, and I put in my notes here, brass balls, massive nutsack, uh, meat on the table, whatever you want to say Carlos Rodon had tonight. He absolutely did, Johnny. And, you know, the, he's been... <laughs> Arguably the ace of this staff outside of Lance Lynn. We can we can debate that one back and forth. I know we're both big fear the beard guys, Lance Lynn guys. Um, and and Lance Lynn looks like he's at home with the White Sox, but so does Carlos Rodon. And, and it just what's impressed me is the added velocity as this guy just continues to work in each and every one of his starts. Uh, tonight was no different. Just absolute domination um, from him in certain spots that are are tough spots to get out of if you're a pitcher, especially late in the ball game. Uh, this this is everything you want from your ace. I, I said this back a few years ago. Um, you know you need that guy who's going to stop your losing streaks. Carlos Rodon did exactly that today. Just impressive, impressive shit. It's un fucking believable. As I tweeted out earlier, how well this season has been 
for Carlos Rodon, how well he's pitched. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just a few of the situations that Carlos Rodon had to work out of tonight. Bottom of the second, uh, there's a one-out single by Jeffers, and then Kepler doubled, uh, and Sano grounded up, but you had uh, guys at second and third there uh, in that situation, and uh, he was able to induce a line-out to end that threat in the bottom of the second. Bottom of the fifth, another, uh, there's a leadoff single here by Sano, uh, induces a double play, which is nice to see, uh, kind of takes some uh, pitches uh, off of the arm, uh, so he was able to go and finish uh, what I'm about to talk about here in the bottom of the seventh, and this is the biggest spot by far, Tony, so we need to highlight it, uh, and that was, uh, you know, his last inning here. Um, no, excuse me, that was uh, in the sixth inning, uh, and that is with the big K uh, to finish off Kepler. Uh, man, how huge was that, and especially the celebration that he had after. Very Lance Lynn-esque, if you ask me. It was. It was Lance Lynn. That's, that's the first thing that I thought of uh, when I see him strutting off the mound there. But I just think, you know, Max Kepler, White Sox killer. There's not a worse guy that you want that that uh, for White Sox fans to see in the box in that situation. And for Carlos Rodon, I think, you know, maybe it means more to me as a Max Kepler hater. Um, but uh, that's the guy you want to see get struck out by your ace right there. So just so much energy so much cool and toughness flowing through Carlos Rodon's veins there as he comes off the mound. Just that, that shit that you love watching as a baseball fan is Carlos Rodon amped the fuck up, coming off the mound, getting out of that exact type of tough spot. Yeah, a, cu- a couple of, you know, uh, very well-deserved, um, you know, sort of, you know, that built up to that sort of response that he gave uh, after he had those two strikeouts and the inning, uh, Jeffers and Kepler. Um, first of all, uh, there was some errors uh, in that inning. I guess they ruled a single, but still, guys just lost the ball. Both Goodwin and Eaton couldn't find it. Garcia was the only one that had a read on it. Couldn't get to it. Uh, that, that ball ends up falling in. Uh, Kirloff, he does uh, get one home after that. Um, and then Carlos Rodon just says, you know what, screw this. I'm going to gas it up, gets it up to 100 miles per hour like we've seen him do uh, near the uh, end of his outings. And Ethan Katz probably went out and told him that was the end. So it was just great to see him uh, really focus that energy uh, and get the job done because the White Sox needed it in a big way, especially with uh, how depleted this lineup is. So um, speaking of that depleted lineup, Tony, uh, they were able to get it done in small spurts uh, at first and then eventually a little bit more insurance uh, coming later in the game. But let's talk scoring plays from the top of the second. White Sox capitalizing on errors uh, by the Twins and maybe some lost command uh, in that reign uh, by Barrios. Because overall, I will say, uh, Barrios was pretty damn good tonight. Uh, The stuff was moving very well, but you did see him slip a little bit, you know, walking Goodwin, walking Garcia to start that top of the second. uh, And then you get to uh, Zach Collins with two outs there. Huge RBI single. Uh, gets it through the right side. Two-run score. That got the White Sox on the board for the longest time. They had the two runs on just the one hit there. Yeah, and you know what? Zach Collins comes through in kind of the same next man up fashion that we've seen from this White Sox team all year long. And I know that Zach Collins has been a part of the lineup uh, more than Johnny. I think you and I uh, really want Zach Collins to be. I think that, uh, you know, we're both uh, firmly in the Osmani Grandal camp. No option to go to Osmani Grandal now. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, towards the tail end of the show. But man, Zach Collins just getting on Jose Barrios there with, with the, with first base open and Danny Mendick behind him in the lineup. I think that Steve stone kind of mentioned this four or five times uh, during the broadcast. Like, should you have pitched to Zach Collins there? I don't know, Johnny, cause I'm the, if, if, if I'm Minnesota, like, I'm not really that worried about Zach Collins in that spot. And Zach Collins goes and hurts you. And that's the type of mistake that the White Sox have been able to jump on all year uh, and continue to win ball games. That's your it factor right there that we talk about. 
did definitely the it factor. Uh, my words, opportunistic, uh, going further, cool, tough. Absolutely. Uh, very timely. You could use that one in there as well. Um, because if you kind of, you let that one skip away, uh, and you don't get those runs across the plate, uh, I feel like a wasted opportunity because the twins were handing it to you essentially uh, with the advancement of those runners there earlier in the inning. Uh, and Zach Collins able to come through. I will say, uh, nice that a righty was on the mound for the twins tonight because, uh, we know Zach Collins splits not great against lefties, but as of late, he can hit righties. We 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 have seen that. So I, I will, you know, give him credit there and obviously got it done in the biggest spot here uh early on in this game. So that would uh, eventually be the game winning run scored there. But Sox attack on some more in the top of the eighth. Always good to have insurance runs, Tony. Uh, and that came in the form. Collins starting the party again, leadoff double. Adam Eaton, uh, after Mendick advanced Collins. Uh, Adam Eaton, though, comes up to the plate. Laces an RBI single with the infield drawn in through the right side. That gets that uh, third run home. And then uh, Moncada reaches on error, which puts Eaton third. And Abreu coming through. Sack fly 4-1. A little more breathing room. You, you like to see that, yes. especially with, uh, you know, you're going and then we'll, we'll talk about the pitching that came out after this, but you you are trying to slam the door then, and that just helps it, you know, uh, sway even further uh, towards the hinges. Yeah, and this is exactly what I talked about last night as kind of the keys to the game is giving Carlos Rodon a lead to work with and putting yourself in a position to play with the lead here for the White Sox, something that they've struggled to do a little bit over this list, last stretch of ball games. Uh, but able to do that tonight, I know that, that the first runs didn't come until the second inning, so it was a little bit uh, behind what uh, what I had liked to see. Uh, but then you put yourself in a situation where you can tack on insurance runs and the White Sox offense. We, we love crooked numbers. We love insurance runs, Johnny, on this show. Uh, th- this was a recipe for success for a White Sox winner. And, and I love the bullpen that we go to here, Johnny. This is this is bullpen A squad. I know yes. that uh, we've seen way too much of bullpen B squad over the last few days. This was refreshing. This was very refreshing to see because this is this is playoff baseball bullpen uh, type shit right here. Yes, and the first guy that they went to was Kopech in the seventh inning, and he gets helped a little bit by his defense, but that's what they're there for. And also maybe a little bit of uh, you know a dumb play by Sano getting caught in between second and third, so good job by Moncada to run him down. I'm glad on a wet night like that with the rain still coming down, he didn't let go of the ball. I could easily see that thing going into center field, a run coming around. So need to give a little credit to you on Moncada there. I'm glad he didn't get injured. Yes, that too. Uh, running of running course, in that wet. See, fucking, oh, that's... And that, you know what the funny thing about that is? You know, I think it was Stone that mentioned oh Mankata stepping up a little bit gingerly there after you know he applied the tag and kind of tumbled over uh near second base there after he tagged out Sano in that seventh inning but it's like yeah he comes up gingerly after everything though I mean he he could hit a uh you know RBI stand-up double and look like he's wobbling into second base gingerly so it's nothing new to me (laughs) with with how bad the injuries are I know it's always a scare yeah there's always a scare and he did foul one off of his foot earlier in this game so you know it's you never like seeing that that those things can be nagging a little bit but regardless I'm just happy that we made it to you know one one thing one positive that I want to look at in this game terrible field conditions terrible Mm -hmm. terrible field conditions I think what was it like two years ago we saw Tim Anderson on a night like tonight uh get himself injured in Boston on a a, a wet field uh that was my biggest concern through this game so just thank god they come through this healthy 
Um, and you didn't have Tim Anderson in the lineup. You're able to beat the Minnesota Twins. There's a lot of good positives here, but let's focus on the bullpen uh, just for a second. Michael Kopech, uh, since he's come back from the injury, has picked up right where he left off. I, I would have probably wanted to see Kopech go two innings here, Johnny. Um, just me personally, I'd like to try and work him back to that. Steve Stone and uh, Ozzy Guillen were talking back and forth throughout the broadcast when uh, Liam Hendricks comes in for the six-out save. I don't really care how you get that done, uh, but just I, w- I want to see Kopech go multiple innings again because we haven't seen that since he's come back, it feels like. Fair point. I, I see your point there, but I'll take the opposite opinion. I was glad they went to Hendricks when they did. Uh, we First of all, we have not seen Tony Larusa do this too much um, so far. He, he has not gone for the extended save. Uh, but tonight, I think it warranted just given the, the short amount of time Kopech has been back from the injured list. Maybe you don't want to push him that hard that fast, especially in the conditions. The uh, conditions are going to be the second point I mentioned there and then the third one being the uh you know highest leverage outs uh coming up there and the toughest part of the order for the minnesota twins and liam hendricks strikes out the side in the eighth so i think that absolutely absolutely. there's there's no questioning the move or anything here i'm just saying i don't know i I probably would have done it just a little bit differently but that's again why i'm not a major league baseball (laughs) manager so yeah uh, there you have it and the, the the thing that I want to like, you know, is you will probably see a situation where w- when he's a little bit more comfortable, Michael Kopech does get the opportunity to do that. Uh, but I think it played well uh, just situationally tonight uh, to go to Liam Hendricks for this spot. Uh, and he's got a little extra juice in him against the Twins because you saw his comments on the pregame show about him, uh, you know, uh, still holding grudges uh, against the Twins for, you know, giving up on him, so to say. So you got that added factor yep. in there. And then, like I mentioned, the conditions play into that. There's so many factors that can go into the decision making behind a baseball game but worked out well obviously uh Hendricks striking out the side in that eighth and then in the ninth he gets a one two three inning but let's talk about that number two uh because that was Billy Hamilton out in center field sliding uh from the grass onto the warning track uh you, you had a great poll that you ran on it dude Christ. catch of the year a lot of like a lot of national writers are saying that uh, that you're, you're already seeing that I mean it's easy for us as White Sox fan to sit here and yes it was an amazing play but maybe you know uh you'd think that they would favor a uh, more flashy name uh in the has, news. Uh, has the, has, has, has the, has like the that, MLB but. account tweeted it yet I don't know like the I, actual I, MLB account because I'm waiting I was waiting for I, it I, I, they I, were I, tweeting out you know Bryce Harper and Vlad Jr and all the you know the normal yeah. stuff but Billy Hamilton deserves some love for this catch. Just what a what a play. I, I don't know. I, I can't even tell you, Johnny, just thinking back through watching baseball games my whole entire life, like what what catches stand out outside of uh that one right there and the catch. I mean, there's been there's been some other catches that are out. This, this one just so cool. So cool and tough to slide in the mud after a full sprawl layout catch on the warning track. And Billy Hamilton's so fast, and he's so just damn good out there. He's, man, it was a perfect way to end this thing. Just a perfect nightcap. Yeah, a, a couple of things on that play. Uh, yes, the play itself was amazing, and that just showcases Billy Hamilton's speed and defensive ability. Two, I'm glad he didn't get injured. He you know, looked like he was smiling after he made the play, yes. and rightfully so, like he should. But with, with how injury-prone he has been, what, he's already had two or three different IL stints so far this year, uh, since his short time since joining the White Sox. So I was glad he was okay, especially given the conditions, how wet it was out there. Uh, and then 
also another thing too is even if you were not to come up with that ball, first of all, it still would have been a great effort. Uh, but I don't think the White Sox would have been in trouble. I don't think that thing would have spiraled out of control. I know no. you know th- there's always a uh, um, you know butterfly effect of what ifs uh, if a play certain play does get made, but those insurance runs uh, coming up clutch there because even if that play doesn't get made, slips out of his glove. I think even maybe even Luis Robert doesn't make that play uh, just given the you know sort of rookie status of him still. Uh, I still kind of consider him in, in that ilk uh, just because he's so young. Uh, I know he's athletic as all hell, but still, uh, if someone else is out there in center field, Goodwin probably doesn't make that play. So um, I think that the spot that they were in, that that play didn't have to be made, um, also made me a little bit more, um, you know, kind of, I don't know, re- reassured about the whole thing, the whole situation. It just, it, it just felt like one of those storybook catches. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where – you get this good feeling about this team that comes rushing back to you when you see a performance like this and the team makes good plays like the catch, like Carlos Rodon reaching back and hitting a hundred, like a six out save from Liam Hendricks. There were so many positives tonight, uh, just as a White Sox fan that you can watch and take away from this game that makes it memorable. It's one of those games where if you look back at the end of the year and you're like, what are some of, the, of your favorite games? This is an easy one to pick out. Yes, especially uh, for all those factors that you just mentioned, and then the timing of it too, because White Sox are reeling a little bit. Um, obviously, it's not the worst thing in the world, you know, that we've seen them go on a couple skids um, as of late, uh, just due to some of the injuries that they've had. But that, that's a crushing blow. Uh, Yasmani Grandal was finally starting to get hot. You know, he's one of my favorite players on the damn team. Uh, he, he goes out. That's a lot of production that you're losing there. See them be able to stream together. Uh, Full, complete team performance, and the play was not sloppy, even though the conditions were, Tony. I think that's where I'll leave it. That is an absolutely great way uh, to put it, Johnny. Conditions weren't great. Great plays all around for this ball club. But I want to get into the Yasmani Grandal injury because we did get some unfortunate news before the baseball game, Johnny, and this is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, so it is a uh, torn uh, tendon in his left knee, obviously, on the kind of check swing that he had uh, on Monday night in Minnesota. Uh, looked awkward. He was, looked like he was in a hell of a lot of pain when he went down. They confirmed uh, it was a torn tendon left knee. Technically, on the 10-day IL for now, but that's just a designation they even included in there. The timeline is four to six weeks. So I guess the big question here is none of us know uh, is how severe is the tear. Um, if it's minor, then hopefully that timeline can hold up and you're getting him back in that. I would put it more towards the tail end of that. But if it's something major, uh, even, you know, a bigger tear, uh, we, we could be have seen the last of Yaz already this year. I hate to say it, but that's worst case scenario here. Yeah, I, I did. The first thing I saw before the tweet came out that said four to six weeks expectation, I immediately went to where I go for all medical questions, Google.com. Uh, that is, you know, the, the best doctor out there, Google. Um, Dr. Google told me that uh, that thing can take six months to a year to fully feel better, depending on if surgery is involved, all that good stuff. Uh, I did not like what Dr. Google had to say. I liked what uh, White Sox uh, Twitter account had to say four to six weeks. Um, so let's let's hope and pray that that's the case. Uh, but it was just kind of interesting to me that Rick Hahn didn't speak this afternoon um, and that they left Tony La Russa out there to, uh, to talk about this one. Rick's probably pretty sick of talking about injuries at this point in time. Um, it, it makes me wonder though, if this is 
more or less something that the White Sox are are trying to keep kind of under wraps because maybe they don't even know the full story or scope yet of what this injury is. They're giving you the the best case scenario, trying to keep the uh, the positive juju uh, that Buzz likes to talk about out there. Uh, because if you come out here today and say this is a season ender after you've already had to announce the Nick Madrigal season ender, after you've already had to go through all of the other nagging injuries that we've seen, and we're not even talking about Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez yet. There's just, it, it seems like every time they're talking, it's never positive news. Um, so it makes me wonder as a fan, if we're getting the full story or if, you know, it, it really is just that minor. I, I would have liked a little bit more uh, answers here to this one because it, it's concerning. Yasmani Grandal is a major piece to this. We basically have, the 2019 Charlotte Knights, Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson at this point in time against everyone else. And and the White Sox have been able to, to battle through this. You see a great win tonight. Man, it, it's just it, – it is still somewhat soul-crushing to have to deal with all these injuries, Johnny. I don't know if it's that so White Sox or if it's just some sort of storybook season where the replacements – just get the job done. I don't know what the answer is here, but it's been a it's been an interesting season nonetheless. Yeah, the, I think you bring up a good point about the context, and that's all. Unfortunately, that's all we have to go off of because it wasn't very clear outside of basically just the press release. Um, what, what the White Sox put out on Twitter is what Tony Larusa just essentially said, um, and whatever last night all he said was, "Oh, we know it's not a sprain," and obviously that was confirmed today. So that's all we've had gotten terms of concrete information. So like you said, I don't like the on, word tear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I don't, I don't I, like that word. Like when they tried to talk about Robert's injury as a grade three sprain of the hip flexor. It's like you go and look that up and that's a complete tear. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't, you know, inspire yeah. confidence. And it's who knows if we'll even see Luis Robert, our guy. NWS well, was been saying that he was, dancing trade. Tic- yeah. he was dancing in TikTok videos yesterday. Luis Robert so, uh, hip flexor looked good. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing that from Yasmani Grandal. It doesn't seem like the type to do that, but um, who knows? I guess we'll just have to see how it goes over the next few weeks and if they provide any updates because they have at least at some point. So I uh, had given updates on both Eloy and Robert. Obviously, those a little bit longer term happening earlier in the season, uh, but about them starting ramping up baseball activities down at the Arizona facility and then um, you know possible uh, timelines for a rehab assignment. So uh, we will see. Um, I agree. We would like some more clarity, but unfortunately uh, we, I think we're, <laughs> we're kind of numb to it at this point. We're accustomed to it just because there's been so damn many of them mm-hmm. uh, here so far. Um, all right, let's get into the series finale here on Wednesday afternoon. It'll be an early one matinee at uh, 12, 10 PM start from the twin cities. Uh, Lance fucking Lynn going for our white Sox against uh, we got on the other side of this one. It'll be Michael Pineda uh, for the Twins. Uh, three and four, three seven zero ERA, fifty one Ks on the year for Pineda. Uh, our guy Lancelin, eight and three, the big hoss, the All Star, two hundred two ERA, ninety nine strikeouts. So he'll definitely get that one hundred mark tomorrow. Um, I- I'm looking forward to it, Tony. 
Um, it's been a while since I've seen Lance Lynn starts because I was gone in the sticks. I could only listen uh, to anything. And obviously that game on Saturday, the first one, it got rained out. And then I was uh, kind of off the grid uh, for his next one. I couldn't really listen to too much of Friday night's game. So uh, I, c- I couldn't see the, the emotion like, you know, mm-hmm. we saw from Carlos Rodon, but obviously Lance Lynn gives that uh, after almost every inning. Seems like if he ends it with the strikeout. So I am beyond excited. I will be wearing my Fear of the Beard shirt. Can't fucking wait. Johnny, I can't wait for the Lance Lynn start either. I, I seem to just, I mean, it's appointment watching for me anytime the White Sox are on, but I fucking love watching Lance Lynn pitch in a White Sox uniform. Might be one of my favorite things to do at this point in time in life is watch Lance Lynn pitch for the White Sox. He just looks like he belongs. He said he belongs. And, you know, he continues to belong to the Chicago White Sox right now. Resign that guy. Please, please resign that I- guy. I love the comments that he had. Um, I saw it on, uh, I believe it was from some of the NBC Sports Chicago uh, reporters, and it was a quote about him growing up, you know, kind of in the Indiana uh, suburb areas of Indianapolis and saying that the South Side was kind of the closest thing that, you know, felt like home from, you know, given where he's pitched uh, other where other places in his career. Uh, you know, St. Louis is uh, in Missouri is a couple states over. Obviously, he's down in Texas. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. in, up in Minnesota. He's been out with the Yankees in New York. So he just none of those are as close. He said he feels like a South Sider. Obviously, he looks like a South Sider. He acts like a South Sider, and he swears like a South Sider. Yes. Yes, he does. Cool and tough. Cool and tough. That's what Lance Lynn is. <laughs> Best way to describe it. Best way to describe it. I think I'm going to throw on the This Is Easy Top uh, playlist right right after we're done with the show. That's how amped I am for it. Absolutely. Do you got to pick the click for tomorrow, Johnny? Yeah, uh, pick the click for tomorrow's game. uh, Is I I need to get one of these new guys in here. And with a righty on the mound, Pineda, I would imagine that puts Gavin Sheets in the lineup. I know you've been loving him as of late. Uh, so I need to. It's the first time I've been back to to give a pick out. You know, outside of texting you guys them uh, when I had very, you know some very small bits of service up in Wisconsin. Um, but I pick Moncada tonight. Um, I'm going to go with one of the young guns tomorrow in uh, Gavin Sheets. How about you? Cheers to that. I'm staying on brand. I'm going to ride with you. I know you're trying to throw me off my game here, but I'm nobody not trying can to throw it. you off your game. Nobody I just want to pick. I want to pick a name that I haven't been able to yet. Let's That's let's all. ride. Let's ride together. In fact, I'll crack. I'll crack one last beer here as we ride with Gavin Sheets tomorrow. I want to see another Gavin Sheets bomb, Johnny. I know you were no. gone, but uh, Buzz and I were uh, were at his uh, first home run uh, game uh, in a White Sox uniform. And uh, as you know, uh, I love players who hit their first career home run in a White Sox uniform in games that I attend and I continue to ride with Gavin Sheets because he is now my guy. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I'm excited to pick him. I just don't know. You know, one of these times I definitely want to go with a Jake Berger, uh, but I just don't know if he'll be in the lineup tomorrow. don't know if that favors him. Uh, feels like he has been uh, outside of some of those starts earlier in the Detroit series, uh, more of a bench piece as of late. So um, I'm going to ride with Sheets, someone I think will definitely be in the lineup. So I like that. Like we're on the same page there. Maybe Buzz and Steve will pick the same guys. Uh, it's kind of fun when we kind of team up uh, and do a yes. split there um, within the Sox on tap crew so make sure you drop yours uh listeners and followers in the replies uh when we tweet those out tomorrow um it'll be an early one probably drop it around the 11 15 ish uh, mark so be on the lookout for our twitter account at socks on tap make sure you're following us there um tony 
final thoughts from tonight. Cool shit we saw in White Sox land, any of that, and then we'll get the housekeeping and get out of here. Yeah, you know what? One thing, uh, cool shit we saw in White Sox land, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go off base with it. We were asked uh, by a few different folks over the over the course of the past few weeks, uh, you know, why we're not on YouTube. We actually are on YouTube. Uh, it's on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube. You can also get this show uh, in video form on YouTube as well. So go. Be sure you're checking out on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube, Johnny. We can uh, we can get you up on the big screen if you got a smart TV. So go do that. I know I did reply to a tweet while you were gone last week. Somebody who was asking. Uh, so just you know for for public knowledge, I know we don't promote it as well as we should. We're on YouTube. We're also on Facebook, um, and then of course, obviously live on Twitter after each game with the post game show. So I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody. Go go. Toss us a subscription on YouTube. That'd be cool and tough. Yep, you can hit the little bell there, too, uh, next to the name on Tap Sportsnet, and that will give you notification then uh, when a video goes up. And uh, most of those are live here. Uh, we've got other ones, too, uh, that all roll through there um, as well. So uh, make sure you're doing that, and you can find us there, uh, like Tony had said. Um, other than that, you can find us on uh, social media at Socks on Tap and at on Tap Sportsnet. All of our personal handles are in the banner here if you're watching here. Um the show is presented by Grandstand as well, so make sure you're visiting GrandstandSocks.com. Shop online, visit them right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace, and uh, visit them on social media, too, at Grandstand Socks. They always post a bunch of cool new merch that's rolling into the store, uh, stuff that they're featuring there, so uh, go and check them out, Grandstand Socks. Uh, one last thing, close this down, uh, cool shit we saw in White Sox land. I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, man, um, the emotion, that, that was more than I think I've ever seen from Carlos Rodon. He's been fired up a few times. I know we've seen it, but that was really really like the embodiment and that's i think that is really is i swear to god it's a product of being teammates with lance lynn and liam Hendricks. yes yes it is and and maybe that's been something that's helped carlos rodan through this year uh not only maybe a little bit of cats helping him out with some stuff i know the off-season training plan was probably something that uh has helped him out as well tremendously and just being healthy I think has been the biggest thing for Carlos Rodon, but he's enjoying this season. That emotion though, that you see out of him when he, he, he was, and this isn't the first time either uh, that you've seen the emotion from him, but it's, it's, it's not only just the emotion, it's the ability to just continue. Like I said earlier, to can like add velocity as the game goes on. He is just absolutely feeling it out there on the mound right now, Johnny. I fucking love it. I absolutely love the- it. The, the coolest thing about it, obviously you have to do something uh, before you can do that. I mean, you're not doing that after you, you know, give up a hit or something, or maybe if a guy hits a scorching line drive, you're more of kind of, you know, tipping your cap to the fielder than make a play on it. Um, so you have to do something there. And how he's been able to do that is, like you said, having enough in the tank. It's not like he's lollipopping them in or, or taking things off early on, but he knows how to conserve and then he knows when to let it loose. And he, I yes. think it's good communication, uh, part of Cats uh, being in that mix as well. So, you know, he goes out to the mound visit earlier in that six inning, lets him know. Oh, hey, this is going to be your last, so you know, give it all you got. And obviously, mm-hmm. we saw it uh, with the last two strikeouts in the sixth inning. So, uh, you know, uh, brass balls, huge nut sack, meat on the table. Carlos Rodon, love it tonight. Sox win 4 1 uh, finale tomorrow. Uh, let's take the series because it's a rubber match uh, in this one. So, um, that's all I've got, Tony. That's all I've got, too, Johnny. It's awesome having you back on the microphone. Hope you enjoyed your vacation, but it's uh, it's time for more White Sox baseball. That pod guy, Duke, he was on the show over the past weekend. There's the meat right there. Love it. Cheers, Duke. Cheers to everybody who tuned into this. And White Sox forever. White Sox forever.